In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm doing. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Millie Tamaras. And I'm Dylan Hafer. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Millie, I know our listeners have probably been missing you. It's been a minute. Welcome. Aww, How you I'm doing? back. I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry, listeners. I no, started a new here. job. You got to start a new job. That's huge. Yes. That's Love a lot you. of, you need all the mental space. <laughs> I, seriously, I do. <laughs> So today, Dylan is back, of course, host of Mention It All and Pop Alarm, which I listened to this morning. I'm sure some of our listeners did, too, because he is, I would say, our resident Britney expert. But whenever something happens, I'm like, Dylan's our resident blank expert. So he's back. (laughs) I have an eclectic knowledge base, I would say. And because it's wild because between this and all of the legal shit that bravo people have been getting into i'm like why am i listening to these hearings like i know, yeah. <laughs> I don't I know hearings. Anything about the law <laughs> you know and, and it's so crazy my dad like i'm like i want to be a tv writer i want to do this or i want to be a comedian and he's like well if you did law school first you'd be a great tv writer i'm like puppy shut up but now i'm like <laughs> honestly to be a TV critic, you got to have a law degree. That's or true. Like a pop culture correspondent. You have to have like legal <laughs> knowledge. You really do, because if you get something wrong or use the wrong word, people will tell you. I've been asking my uh, my fiance because he's a lawyer why he doesn't make eighty million dollars like Tom Girardi. <laughs> And he explains because none of them do. That's why he's going because, to prison. <laughs> because Tom Girardi stole that money. But yeah. I guess that's the legal expertise that I'm missing. Oh my god! I watched. So I was. I listened to the whole Britney hearing yesterday, um, and then had like an. I had to record Pop Alarm for this morning, and then I had like an hour before Beverly Hills was on, and Erica's like going through the specifics of her divorce. I'm like, I need. I need a nap right now. Like, yeah. Listen, white women in the law. Dylan never stops. Like if you, if you don't follow Bravo by Betches, it's hard for me not to say to you, Dylan, every day, like, oh my God, this page is so good. Like you just come up with the coolest content. It's makes me jealous every day. All of my like saved Instagrams are like Bravo by Betches posts. And I'm like, fuck, that's it. Why didn't I think about doing that for that time? Trump oh did gosh. this. It's so good. Well, I feel the same way about the sup, so. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I was like, okay, one day I was like, we got to talk about Neely and Phelan. Or not Neely, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, Porsche Porsche. And Phelan. <laughs> and then they're like, no, that's probably by Betches. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. I, I barely funny. even know what's going on there. <laughs> okay, well, I got some fucking, Dylan, let's talk. Because we got to make a duel. Oh, yes, shoot. yes. Me, you. And let's try to get, yeah, Ray Sani for that one. But anyway, in the future, there might be some room to do that. There might be totally. some yeah. bonus 
subcontent in our future, and uh, yeah, that's definitely something we could accommodate. We because talk about the filibuster ain't going nowhere. So <laughs> I know, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Oh filibuster ain't going nowhere. So let's just start talking you're, about. You're like just, the Senate. The Senate's not doing anything, but you know who is the Housewives? The Housewives. <laughs> listen, they're doing a lot more. They get a lot more passed and not passed. The Housewives are way more eventful than the House of Representatives of late, for sure. Barely though, because they be bringing drama. I'll the say house that. Is wild. Yeah. The house is wild. Luckily, no. today we're not talking about uh, much politics. So th- today was like a somewhat busy news day. But yeah, the filibuster is not going anywhere. So instead of talking, whenever we have the nerve to talk about the filibuster, we'll talk about a housewife instead. But today we're talking about the ultimate homebound person, Britney Spears. So after 13 years, this was a big day yesterday. After 13 years, Britney Spears asked a Los Angeles judge to end her conservatorship, which she called abusive multiple times. So the full transcript of this I've seen on a variety. I listened to audio that was recorded, but then it made me feel icky because I don't know if we were supposed to hear that or she knew people would hear it. I think it. she did. She did. Okay. It's a little weird because she wanted it to be public. And like, I, I made an account on like the, superior court website and like could listen to the whole thing live but it's technically like illegal to record it record it got it so it's weird because it's like it's public but there's like court proceeding rules but i I mean i wouldn't feel bad about listening to a recording because like she wanted she She said said at the very beginning that she wanted it out there yeah yeah and i think listening to it and reading it is different that's very that's a great point so i listened to it last night too but i didn't know you could listen to the whole thing did the whole did the whole uh Dylan, did the whole thing like provide more context or was it is just the crucial part was her interview or um, the highlights? So <sighs> the main like the main part of the hearing, like the only real thing on the agenda was her speaking. So like that was definitely the crux of the issue. You know, like no legal decisions were made yesterday. That wasn't kind of the point. But I do think it was interesting because obviously she spoke super passionately and not necessarily in a really technical sense about like the legal process. Mm -hmm. And so afterward, like when the judge was speaking and some of the attorneys were talking, like there's, you know, there's going to be a long road kind of whatever ends up happening. Like as much as we would love, the judge isn't just going to be like, okay, sounds good. No more conservatorship. So I think it's, it, the legal context is helpful, but definitely from a standpoint of like what matters the most yesterday, it was her speaking. Yeah, I read the full transcript this morning after reading the highlights. And I would say, like, if you read the highlights, you you got it. But it's just it's just repeated. I mean, it's just yeah. it's completely, uh, completely heartbreaking. I think. Yeah. And I think hearing her actual but I read it first and then heard the audio and then hearing the audio. Like, because you're reading this, you're like, oh, this isn't. But then hearing her say it, you're like, okay, like, yeah, she's kind of reading it, but she's going off. And then obviously they're not including the curse words or like times where she starts tearing up and getting emotional, which I think was important for me to hear. And then Mm -hmm. people did know that online that like the way that she talks on Instagram and the way that she talked in this statement were completely different. And I, that was like important for me to hear too. And for her to say, she specifically said at one point that, you know, I've told everyone for the last couple of years that I'm happy, that I'm okay. And that's a lie. Like I've been lying. And I, there's been so much analysis of like, are people telling her what to post? Is this tweet actually coming from her? Like all of these questions. And to hear her say like, even when I've sat there and told you in a video that I'm okay, that's me trying to, 
trying to think I'm okay, but I'm not. To me, it was, I mean, like you said, Dylan, the objective in terms of like getting the process started to end a conservatorship herself, like, I think she knew that wasn't necessarily happening yesterday, but to me, it was like, it seemed like she was basically saying to the free Britney people, like, you're right. You're, you've got it. Like, this is what, correct. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening, which has been sort of the central question for years. Like, does she want this or uh, is she completely fine? And are we wrong to uh, like speak for her in this way? But to me, it was just, I mean, I, the, the audio I saw was just um, taken uh, via video outside of the courtroom with all of like the free Britney activists just like they're so rewarding to watch them just be completely validated and her say the things that they have they have been saying that she feels um it was pretty wild i mean i hate to be like online mobs are good because you know it it, it makes me conflicted but it's also like i feel like the online support and people seeing that emboldened her because a lot of times she noted that she was just embarrassed like it's embarrassing what they've been putting her through and stuff and like You know, I think having that community of support who like see that and know that she's being exploited and are in real time being like free Britney, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that that gives her gave her enough like, um, yeah, emboldened her to be like, yeah, you know what? Um, I am being like, I am being abused. I'm not okay. It's not embarrassing. I'm being taken advantage of. Those were the most heartbreaking mm-hmm. parts when she just was like, I'm I'm so sorry. I didn't she was just apologizing to the judge. She was like, I'm so sorry. I don't I didn't know that I could petition this. I'm sorry for my ignorance. Oh, it was just like it made me yeah. think about who is around her giving her that impression of herself. Well, it's interesting because one of the things that she brought up that was kind of um further talked about after she spoke with the attorneys and the judge was she brought up the fact that she's not she doesn't have the freedom to choose her representation under Mm -hmm. the conservatorship Mm -hmm. and you know it seems like she has not a terrible relationship with her attorney um samuel ingham but clearly there's some frustration at least with her there that she's like this isn't really my choice and it's interesting because when you think about for somebody in that attorney's position he's like okay am I going to tell her fully like all of the information, which could lead to her like wanting me fired Mm -hmm. or something, or am I just Mm going to kind of like keep the status quo? And I think it's hard because like this has been going on for so long. And obviously there are people like her father who she, you know, really has a lot of anger toward and it sounds like rightfully so, but then there's people like, you know, maybe her mom or her attorney or people brought up her sister too, that it's like, how like what exactly have they done over the last 13 years or like have they ever tried to really help her or like have they been involved you know like she was saying that Mm -hmm. in the last year her mom was basically lying to her about the about stuff not being open during the pandemic like that she couldn't go get her nails done or anything and she's saying that she has like household staff that are coming in with you know fresh nails every week and her mom's like no you can't go get a manicure and it's like okay, like there are so many layers of people that have like done her wrong in the last 13 years that it's like yesterday just felt like such a landmark moment of really Mm -hmm. like laying it all out there. And now there are so many less kind of questions of like, how does Brittany feel about this? Does she, is she upset? Is she kind of fine with it? Has she like resigned herself to just, this is what her life is like. And the answer is no, she doesn't. Mm -hmm. She's not okay with it. Right. And I think like the thing too, that kind of, 
you know, makes me feel bad. Or was that like she, you know, the whole point of her getting into the conservatorship was like she was in a really abusive, uh, exploitive relationship with uh, this guy who was trying to be her manager. And her parents felt like she wasn't making good choices and stuff. And and then but then like so I can see and, you know, she's having these public meltdowns or whatever, which is like on one end, like. I could see at the time they're like, she's not making good choices. We got to make these for her. And at the other end, like now we have such a different understanding of mental health, of like women's choices, of all that stuff that like, you know, yeah, sometimes people just need to have a public meltdown Mm -hmm. and to like figure shit out and then, you know, pick up the pieces on their own, like. But the it, it just I think the thing that makes me upset or sad is that Britney all sides Britney's paying for it like Britney's mm-hmm. paying for her dad's lawyers for her you can lawyers, tell that's for pissing this. her off yeah mm-hmm. and and that's why she has to work so hard like no wonder they make her work ten hours a day to make you know she has a fortune of sixty million dollars she's paying for it this is what she said like repeatedly just dozens of people's livelihoods she is supporting and I loved the point where she was like. Do you understand why that's ridiculous? The fact that I provide a living for dozens of people, yet Mm -hmm. you say I can't make my own decisions about work. And she's saying if she doesn't go to all of her two times a week therapy sessions that they won't give her money to take a vacation. Like she's not, it's not even like, why am I, you know, paying for this lawyer? It's like, literally, I can't just like spend my own money. Right. I'm sure if she had some freedom, she'd be more than happy to pay for everybody's lawyer if it weren't the type of thing where it's like, all right, I get to be free while we figure this out. Yeah, exactly. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. The therapy thing was, she said she was forced to see therapists outside of her home multiple times a week, despite over the years being begged to be treated at home or in a location that is less open to the paparazzi. She says, obviously, everybody cries after therapy. And if you're Mm -hmm. Britney Spears, you're probably talking about even really tough shit. And she says she's forced to go in this very high profile area. And she feels like that is by design. So she did yesterday ask to end her conservatorship without being evaluated. 
this is a process that clearly traumatized her 13 years ago and has not served her well. Mm-hmm. As we said, her father has had complete control of her life since 2008 over her $60 million fortune. She said she's forced to work 10 hours a day, even when she's sick. And like Dylan said, she's denied vacation time because they tell her she needs to get back to work. Um, she said yesterday that she's been, she was put on a medication, I believe lithium, when mm. she basically... The way she described it was like, I don't want to do, she, she sounds like she expressed a strong preference in rehearsals for a certain dance move. And they were like, you're being ridiculous. You're being irrational. That part was really, yeah. that and really hit me because I've been like such a fan of Britney for such a long time. And when she was talking about rehearsing for that Vegas show, which would have been like end of 2018, she was saying, you know, like I was totally with it. I was literally teaching the choreography to the dancers. Like she said, Mm -hmm. I wasn't good. I was great. And, you know, for her to hear her speak passionately about her career like that, we haven't really gotten that in a long time because everything has been so like, on hold with this conservatorship but then to hear that they said she was being difficult they said she wasn't you know didn't have her shit together and then she says she was basically falsely accused of not taking her medication by people who wouldn't even have that knowledge of because Mm -hmm. she was saying I took my medication in the morning they said I wasn't taking it at rehearsal and it's like yeah I didn't take it at rehearsal because I took it in the morning and then they're like using this fictional story of not taking the medication as like the justification for putting her on lithium and sending her to this. Can you talk about the rehab? This is, I had a hard time understanding this. Like it sounds like in 2018, she went to some sort of rehab that was incredibly traumatizing. Yeah, I think it was two parts, right? Like it was like first, it was like an intake thing to go to another kind of rehab, right Dylan? Well, she described that there was like this house and Mm -hmm. like it was a, I would put rehab program in quotes that was basically put together by her father. So like she wasn't, it wasn't like a rehab center. It was like rehab Brittany. So they could just basically keep her. Right. It was like, you're going to go to this house. She said she was watched by, you know, like nurses and staff and whoever 24 hours a day. She specifically said they watched her when she changed, when she was naked. Um, And, you know, this was when she said she was working still 10 hours a day, seven days a week, no days off. And, you know, that during this time, she basically was treated like a prisoner and that all of this was completely just the decision of her father and whoever else was, you know, involved on this team. And so that's not like, that's not like a medical diagnosis or like a doctor says that you should go to a treatment center. That's like, like an abduction. That's like yeah, your, she, sure. I mean, she compared it. She compared her situation to sex trafficking. I know. Yeah. Because they took her passport and credit card. Yeah. And so she's, and she was saying at one point that she talked, she cried on the phone to her dad for an hour and she said he loved every second of it. And so clearly it wasn't like, there are parts of this situation, like the therapy and stuff, like, it's like, okay, like, I don't know what her medical treatment at this point should be. Like, obviously we don't have all the information there, but like nobody's medical treatment should be being locked in a house and working seven days a week and not having like basic human freedoms. And so that's the kind of thing where it's like, there's no, there's no justification for that. If what she's saying is true, like there's no reason that that is something that ever should have happened. I think too, the confusing part or the thing that I got clarified from like listening to her was that like, there were portions of it where it was that like private, 
like house mm-hmm. situation. And then there was some kind of group therapy situation or group rehab center oh, yeah. that she went to. And they said that like, oh, um, the requirement to be in this program that will help you is for you to go to all these intakes and all this shit. And when she got there and she talked to other people, none of them had to do anything that she yes. had to do. So that was like, like an eye opener for her and stuff. And and I think too, um, the thing for me that got me like really sad, like I know she's been dating this guy for a long time and she really loves him or whatever, but like, yeah, she can't get in his car. He can't drive her anywhere. Uh, she can't, um, they can't get married. She can't take out her IUD, which I think was the most shocking thing for a lot of people to yeah. hear, a lot of women to hear is that, Um, Because she wants to, like, sounds like she kind of just wants to, like, have a family and fuck off somewhere and, like, you know, just be a mom with her kids or whatever. And they're not letting her do that. They're making her work. They won't let her get in, like, take out her IUD. Um, They won't even let her restain her kitchen cabinets because it's going to cost too much money. Like, her dad is saying, like, which is her fucking money. Her dad doesn't do anything. And he wasn't even around when she was growing up. They they got divorced. So mm-hmm. it's just like crazy to hear that shit. Yeah. I think that my favorite line is when I got a little nervous when she was like, I don't think you need therapy. You take it to God. And then yeah, she was yeah, like, yeah. look, I know I need a little therapy. But I, here's the thing. Like, yeah, that was so good. But like you can there are people that are not allowed to see their kids unless they go to therapy. But those people are not under conservatorships. There are so many because there are people that you talk to about this and they're like, I don't know. She seems dead eyed. She seems this. She seems that. It's like, but you understand she has no right. Like there are so many other ways that you can make sure she is protected and that her family is protected than this. It's unreal. And it happens to someone all the time for someone to not. It's like there are so many like you're saying options or systems or ways that this whole situation could be handled that would like allow this woman to have a credit card. Like it's just, there are all these things where it's like, yeah, like we don't know the full scope of, you know, Brittany's mental health picture or like what's going on with her kids and like all of this stuff. Like you can not be like a 100% expert on every detail and still feel confident that like this situation isn't good and isn't right. And right. she has two conservators, right? She has one over like her literal body and personal care and one over her finances, right? Is that how it's working yeah, right so now? So it's been it's been sort of separated in the last couple years. So now there's like a this um financial trust company that mm-hmm. is like the conservator or like they have basically control of her finances. And she requested that a couple years ago. Um, and then at one point, like her father had stepped down from being a conservator because he was having health issues. Right. Um, and so this woman, Jody, is the, was the temporary conservator. And like, so there are like many different layers of it. But I think yesterday, what was so important was she said, I want this to be over full stop it wasn't Mm -hmm. because in the past you know she's expressed you know discontent with certain aspects of it or like made certain requests about specific parts but she's never really come out and said like this is not what I want in any way like Mm -hmm. I want it to fully just be over Mm -hmm. and so I think now it's like there's no there's no like ambiguity about 
oh, like, okay, but like maybe this part of it isn't so bad. It's like, exactly. she doesn't want any of it. Mm-hmm. So unless there's a really compelling, you know, reason that we don't know why she can't be in charge of her own money, like, right. Some, what, what the fuck's up? Like, come on. And, and I think it's because, well, it's just like two things, right? It's like one, you know, how many men have squandered all their money and uh, like their moms don't come in and step in and like control their finances. Like one, it's like a lot of parents exploit the fuck out of their kids. Like I, I've started to really, my philosophy is that there are no, there's no such thing as a child prodigy. It's just parents <laughs> who are crazy enough to push their fucking kids <laughs> to do, to, to exploit them. Yeah. I feel like that's like most parents won't do that. Yeah. Won't make, ma- will make their kids go to school and not fucking take 18 hours of voice lessons. Right. Your a day. kid can just play amazing piano in the comfort of your home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But th- I think they're like nutty parents. Yeah. So one, and then, yeah, it's just like at it's like she's not going to be giving so many people a piece of her pie or maybe she doesn't want to be a pop star. You know what I mean? And like to them, it's like, oh, no, she can't. And also another thing that got me was that her son fought her dad. They got in a physical altercation and like got it. And it just reminds me, too, of like. Wendy Williamson, who, mm-hmm. who like got arrested for fucking punching the shit out of the dad, like mm-hmm. his dad, um, because of how he's treating the mom. So I don't know. I, I just mm-hmm. saw like some some parallels uh, between like yeah. Wendy Williamson and Britney son of like they don't want to see their mom like that either. You know what I mean? Like they want to be able to do shit with their. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's so an interesting that's an interesting comparison because Wendy is another woman who mm-hmm. has been extremely successful, obviously, in her career for decades, but wasn't always sort of treated like somebody you know like wasn't really given the you know mm-hmm. the Respect. freedom of somebody who's like you are you know you're like a rich adult woman who has made your own money like do whatever the fuck you want like yeah it's so crazy to think that this is like such a thing that happens that it's like you've, yeah. you've worked you've worked hard clearly and made all of this money and had all of this success but somehow you, you can't be trusted or you don't have the right to actually enjoy the fruits of that success. And it's like, how many people in the world have had that level of success? Like Britney Spears is right. so, you know, like just like such a massive, like worldwide celebrity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the fact that the conservatorship is still there is the fact that like her family knows her value and her long-term mm-hmm. value. They know that not only is she worth a lot of money now, she will be worth a lot of money as long as she, I guess, is like fit enough to perform. It's like they're thinking about their long-term financial interests. That's why they can't just give this to her because it's like the worst thing she does is she does have a meltdown and spends all of her money. And right. then like she sucks for her, but she actually has the skills and talent to maybe make some more, not her right. family. And and trust me, Jamie knows at this point, I think that's why it's so important that in the last couple of years, Brittany has said, I'm not performing while my dad is still involved Mm -hmm. because Jamie knows that if the conservatorship ends and Brittany goes back to touring, he's never getting another cent from her. Mm -hmm. And so she is taking sort of the only way she can, the only power she has right now is to say, I'm not going to go on tour again for you. So either Mm -hmm. this is going to end or I'm just not going to go on tour. And, and I don't you think know, she even wants to. I think she wants to just cheer. Like, I think she likes performing and all that. But like, on her tor- terms, take a year off, right? Whatever. And I think she knows that kid. she has yeah. to 
save her money if she is going to choose. Like, it's very clear she knows how her labor provides for her. Like, she has I'm registered everybody. That. Yeah, yeah. I think the woman, this made me think, too, about just the way especially with the IUD stuff, which obviously evokes like really weird forced sterilization mm -hmm. and even eugenics when you're talking about intellectual disabilities and stuff, mm -hmm. is I feel like in lots of areas of, of like the law and family, people are always like, there's just something we must, there's something we must not know. Like there's surely there is a good reason this is happening. And, and it's not like for us to like really pry, but I feel like this and a lot of like true crime things and a lot of realizing that the police doesn't always serve people has like, I feel like, do you guys feel like this is sort of part of that reckoning and part of the public outcry that like, finally people are just sick of hearing like, no, 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 mother knows best. We know best. You don't understand. And then finally, like the veil is lifted. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely like, um, it is like, it is part of a reckoning of like, Things don't have to be this way. We can imagine, we can reimagine a different possibility where cops, you know, it sounds crazy to connect like Black Lives Matter to Britney, but it is just this thing of like, <laughs> of like the way that things are and all this, you know, and like the value of, 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 of human life. I, I keep, I keep going back mm -hmm. to that, but it's like, yeah, people are autonomous or like, yeah, maybe it is her right to fucking squander her money. Mm -hmm. Like, that's her right. Some or, people are difficult. Like, I, this has made me think, too. It's yeah. like, what do we do with challenging people? Not not this. There are other like you can't just do whatever you want with every person that poses a challenge, whether it's a middle schooler who's like getting in fights or whether it's Britney Spears. Like we owe right. we owe more to each other. And let's, I mean, I don't have Britney Spears money, um, you know, not quite, not but like, <laughs> but like if I go out and spend my paycheck on something irresponsible, exactly. that's my, that's my fuck up. Like that's not me. And it's like, you know, it would have to, like, I don't know what would have to happen for my mom to be like, hello court. Like, I think I need to be in control of his finances. Yeah. And so to think that it's like Britney is somebody who you know, even if she has made maybe some poor choices in the past, which we don't even really know with yeah. her finances and stuff. Like, right. what? I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. But it's like, okay, so like she's she's a woman who maybe has questionable judgment sometimes. Yeah. Like, and if that's the case, like, sure, she said she needs some therapy. Go to therapy. You know, mm -hmm. meet with a financial planner. But like, yeah. <laughs> don't you don't fucking make her right. I was reading about this this morning because this does happen to a lot of people with intellectual uh, disabilities where their families decide no and that's not always something uh, they're they're happy with there are situations where it sounds like at one point with Britney's situation it was best for everybody but there's a difference between like conservatorships are like we have to do this because you can't act in your best interest we will act in your best interest but our best interest for all of us is just like what we state it is like it is not in my best interest like my my stated interest is that i want to have a healthy and productive weekend but then if i smoke a bowl and eat two bagels yeah my, nobody comes for me and says well you're not acting in your best interest like People, mm -hmm. nobody acts in their best interest. Mm -hmm. Like, why mm -hmm. is she, why, why is, that's, that's a ridiculous standard. Like everybody is operating. Like there are challenging people and there are people that uh, cause problems and harm, but this is not the way to react to it. Yeah. And I guess, I guess like kind of my last point or like another thing that was interesting was like that a lot of the stuff or she was saying 
like a lot of her recent stuff was sparked by like a dance move that she didn't agree with. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about homecoming, like with Beyonce and like Beyonce is notoriously like, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. difficult, not difficult, but like picky. And yeah. like, especially, you know, if you're fucking particular, she's particular, particular, particular. but Beyonce had a whole thing with her dad and told him to fuck off. Right. And like they had like a really public like he's no longer in charge. And like that's why Destiny Child can't do any more songs because the dad owns part of Destiny Child and all that shit. So like uh. that just that just like b- brought up a thing of like, yeah, like if you're that famous and you're that much of a pop star, you're going to be particular. But like and it's their right to be like, no, I don't like this dance move. Let's do it like this. It's her, it's fucking Britney Spears. Like, let her do whatever she wants. And the other thing, too, is that, like, yeah, like, the, it's just like everyone's so greedy. You know, it's like, you guys live in Louisiana. Like, how much fucking money do you need? You know, <laughs> like, take the fucking money, take whatever million dollars and go fuck up exactly. for the rest of your life. Like, why do you have to keep exploiting and like this long term vested interest? I mean, her father to, like, sounds like a, a narcissistic sociopath. Like, it sounds like, there's no yeah. reason to do this other than he seems like a motherfucker who loves to control his daughter. And yeah, and I mean that's what you know she said. <sighs> <laughs> uh, like, well, guys, we solved it. We solved Brittany. <laughs> so for the rest of our time, we're going to talk about accusations of colorism in the musical In the Heights. Five days late. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We have two music. Dylan has a BFA in musical theater. I do. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. Um, So you're going to sing all your thoughts on this, right? (laughs) I will just say (laughs) In the Heights was the first show I ever saw on Broadway. Oh, wow. Special place in my heart. (laughs) Is that (laughs) what converted you into? Oh, no. I was here for a theater camp. So So the movie takes place in New York's Washington Heights neighborhood and stars Anthony Ramos as the main character who is a bodega owner dreaming of a better life. Like most movies, somebody's dreaming of a better life. Some viewers expressed frustration um, that In the Heights fell short when it comes to Afro-Latina representation. So members of that community in Washington Heights, specifically Black Dominicans, make up a significant portion of that neighborhood, but they're not very visible in the primary cast of the movie. Instead of having lead roles in the film, darker-skinned Afro-Latina performers are in the background and they have dance roles. Um, some of I saw some of the main characters even described as like white passing. So the musicals, the musicals creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda, I don't know if you've heard of him, responded to a criticism on Monday. He said on Twitter, I'm seeing the discussion around Afro-Latino representation in our film this weekend, and it is pretty clear that many in our dark-skinned Afro-Latino community don't feel sufficiently represented within it, particularly among the lead roles. In trying to paint a mosaic of this community, we fell short. I'm truly sorry. So did he owe an apology? And how did something fall through the cracks? Let's ask resident Afro-Latina. <laughs> yes. really t- Actually, yes. I think Dylan should go first here. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, what do you think? You know, <laughs> I think, um, you know, it, it's really, it's really interesting for me just as, you know, an Afro-Latina. And, um, you know, that is even something that, I mean, identity is just such a big thing for me, but I kind of feel like, like you were saying, like Black Dominicans. It, right now, if you go to, if you look up um, Manhattan on a map, 
and you zoom into Washington Heights, it actually says Little Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. So it's not that it's, oh, it's like if you go to Chinatown uh, and you do a a musical about Chinatown and then everybody is Thai, you know, Uh it's it's just, you know, they're so Asian, right? But like, they're all Thai. And on one end, on one end, I feel like it's pretty conflicting where it's like on one end, I understand that, um, you know, I understand for the actors, like you're just trying to get a job. There's fucking nothing out there for you. All this stuff like. Um, but on the other end, like the lead role is a white Mexican girl. Like literally she was in Vida, which I enjoyed, which is a, a, a show about East LA and gentrification. And she plays like her the whole thing of her in that role is that she's a coconut she's brown on the outside white on the inside like whatever they they, like constantly so it's interesting in this movie that she comes here and she's like i'm dominican yeah (laughs) like it's so interesting not to say that there aren't white passing dominicans there are a lot but um you know a lot of the thing too that i think a lot of people have to understand is that in latin america um the 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 i'm gonna try to like a lot of the like (laughs) more yeah context like a lot of the more like well-off people tend to be white have like more white lineage and a lot of the working class people not all of them obviously but a lot of working class people tend and especially in new york like a lot of the immigrant population are like extremely working class like i would argue are from the alabama of dominican republic um that's what like my family you know like like certain parts of dominican like like really really hick we we still say hick in like like in the heights if somebody says hick dominican like you know what they're talking about so they're they're from like extremely working class areas and stuff and they tend not to be you know fair skin straight hair you know whatever so on what so yeah like i kind of feel conflicted on the other end like I don't know. I just like the longer that I've been, uh, I just, you know, I got frustrated because I'm just like, oh, like, since everybody's tweeting about wanting like black representation in line, like I should be selling out all my shit, right? Like I should be, <laughs> I should have no ticket. Like, you know, I kind of yeah. like, it kind of feels like people are grasping at things to like criticize at i don't know i because some some sometimes it's good natured like dominicans who are like yo this doesn't look anything like my block this doesn't look anything you had all these opportunities and you didn't and and two it's like lin-manuel like if you see hamilton it's not like he's against casting people of color so you know there's that and then three i just kind of feel like yeah it's just I don't know. It's it's like pretty complicated because I'm like, it's so easy to talk shit about everything. Like the, I more, that I, the yeah. more that I work on in TV and the more that I work on stuff and I see people hate on my, and I see right. people complain about things. I'm like, y'all are just like, you were going to find something to complain about no matter what. And like, it, it kind of makes me uncomfortable that my identity is the reason that y'all are complaining about when I've been trying mm-hmm. to make it in this industry and like have been trying to sell my pilots about a Dominican girl in the Bronx or trying to sell my life experience and people don't get it. And they say that there's no demand for it. And then for like this major motion picture about where, you know, my family lives and all that stuff, like 
for that to be the criticism, it just like it just makes me feel weird. It's weird to call. I mean, what you described is like a appropriation is like certain people being to benefiting off the experiences of others. But it, it seems a little more nuanced here because these people obviously are Latina and, and parts. Yeah. I'm sure some of the people were from the neighborhood and we know Lin, Lin Manuel Miranda has is like a strong connection to that. So I guess to me, I'm just like, how did it, how was nobody like, we should have somebody in the central main cast. I, I think it's hard. Cause if I feel like we're at, we're getting to a point in, you know, entertainment, casting, whatever, where people understand that it's, that diversity is important. And this is like something that you should be, you know, keeping in mind and you're trying to check this box. And I feel like, I feel like for this movie, it's like it automatically checked the box because it's a movie about, Latino characters and, you know, they're singing mm -hmm. in Spanish and there's all of this stuff. And like the creative team, you know, the director is Asian and Lin-Manuel and the other writers, you know, are Hispanic. And so it's like from that like studio perspective or whatever, it's like, oh yeah, we don't have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. It checks the box. Like it's a mm -hmm. diverse movie, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. And so then obviously when they were actually casting the movie, Lin and whoever else was involved in that, they clearly didn't even think about this because yeah. it's like when he's saying in his, in his apology, it's like, you know, they don't feel sufficiently represented. We fell short painting the mosaic. It's like, it's not like, Oh, we cast, we cast two, uh, you know, mm -hmm. Afro Latino people and we should have cast four, you know, it's like, basically they didn't cast any. Right. Which, which it was always telling to me that he said in trying to paint a mosaic of this community, it's like, so you're, yeah, so you're it's saying like, you did try to make sure everybody was represented. Right. And I think and it was very clear that was not the case. And like, there are specific references throughout the script and the songs to like people being from Dominican Republic, people being Puerto Rican, people, you know, somebody says they're Mexican, you know, there's like all of these specific references and like you were saying Millie it's not like everybody from the DR looks the same but clearly mm -hmm. they didn't really actually think through like okay so like this character says that they're for, of this background so like maybe for that casting we should you know look for somebody that really meets this kind of picture of that community they were kind mm -hmm. of just like okay like everybody in the movie is you know from a Latin American background so like whoever can play whoever that works. And like, I think it's a question of like how deep you, how granular you need to get when you're casting for something like that, because just saying it's an all Latino cast, like clearly there were gaps that they missed. I mean, I think it's just like, like you hit the nail on the head, Dylan, of like, they didn't think about it. And it's like, they didn't think about it for two reasons, right? The people up top are, you know, it's, it's indicative of like who's up top, who's making the financial decisions. Like, and they're still all like white men who are like, whatever. And then two, it's like, you know, people who don't have to think about like, oh, everyone's Hispanic. It's all great. It's like, they don't have to, they're not thinking about like racial representation. They don't, that's their privilege. They still have, you know? And, um, and yeah, like it is, it is just about up. Uh, you know, and it's crazy because I think like these conversations are important, but the most important thing is like continue to push forward and make mm -hmm. more and more things so that each like each project becomes less and less representative of all Latinx people. Because it's, it's like, yes. if you're, you're going to disappoint someone when you try to represent all Latinx people in in one thing. And I think like 
but this has always happened. Like there's this really, there are these three, you know, in Dominican history, there are these three sisters. We had like our own kind of Hitler um, and his name was Trujillo. And he would just like created a huge genocide of like black Dominicans and like Haitian, you know, Haitian people and black, Dominican, you know, whatever. And if you embraced at all, like any of your black features, or if you pronounce things in the way that they felt like were Haitian pronouncing, they would just fucking kill you. Um, so there are these three sisters that started like a revolutionary network called the Mirabal sisters. And one of them, like, kind of what, you know, Trujillo had a crush on them. It's a really crazy story. Had a crush on one of them and she would flirt with him so she can go to law school. And they started like an underground network. And basically he assassinated the three sisters. And there's like a huge monument to them. And when they made the movie about this, who were the three sisters? Selma Hayek. No, are you serious? <laughs> I'm 100%. Where this is going. That's yeah. terrible. And this is like, but yeah, like they, you know, in these movies. I thought you were like, going to say that's why you can't have white people play them. Not that they actually had white people play No, them. they had like oh Selma God. Hayek and like two other like white Latino Mexican. Mark Anthony was in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and that was good enough for Hollywood that, you know? Yeah. Even when you're telling a story where that's like part of the story, you're still putting it into this like Hollywood contraption of like, it's diverse. And it's like, yeah. is, is it? But yeah, to end, I, I feel like there was a reaction to crazy rich Asians as well. I don't think it was about diversity, but maybe it was like the excesses, but it would be a shame if every time this happens, we punish creators of color like mm -hmm. Lin-Manuel and John Chu who mm -hmm. are just operating in that capitalist Hollywood commercial mm -hmm. structure. So yeah, like you said, it's like, if this is the fight du jour, that's fine. And it's a conversation worth having, but like, it, let the people who are impacted have it. Not like, oh, here's the thing we get to all pile on today. Like Bill Mars, like came out this week and said he shouldn't have had to apologize. It's like, I don't want to hear that from Bill Maher. Yeah, Let's hear yeah. that from a person well, there impacted. Was it's interesting. There was actually sort of a similar controversy um, with the Disney animated movie Raya and the Last Dragon that came mm -hmm. out a few months ago. And, you know, it's an all Asian cast, but the there was criticism because almost the entire voice cast is East Asian. Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. a lot of the you know, it's it takes place in like a fictional land or whatever yeah. but like mm -hmm. a lot of the influence on the movie is Southeast Asian. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so there was criticism over, you know, you know, the cast was like Aquafina and Daniel Day Kim and Benedict Wong and Sandra Oh, all these people. Korean and, and, and Chinese. Right. Japanese. And so it's like, okay, so, um, you know, Millie, like your example earlier, if it's like filming a movie in Chinatown and the whole cast is Thai, they kind of actually did, did mm -hmm. the, op yeah. I guess the opposite. But it's like, okay, where do we really like actually get real about mm -hmm. true representation and not just mm -hmm. like we checked the box of like we cast somebody Asian. I think that's why I was so yeah. surprised by Lin-Manuel because In the Heights as a movie, to me, in my view, didn't need star power to get watched. Everybody was going to watch In the Heights. Mm -hmm. So you, I think you had, I think he had room to find people yeah. if they wanted to, who they didn't, weren't that famous yet. They didn't go for star power. I mean, to be honest, true, like yeah. there's nobody in the cast, in the main cast, at least that's really like you Anthony know, Ramos pulling. Star in this I mean, Anthony Ramos is a star, yeah, but yeah. he's not like famous in the way that it's like. No, nobody was not, like, like. But they've had credits. You know, they're yeah. not like right. they're not right. like Brad Pitt, but they both are work like have yeah. had right. a lot but of credits. It would almost it would almost be like more 
to me, it would almost make more sense if they were like, okay, we're going to cast this, like, like Jennifer Lopez is going to play this, oh, you know, right, right. DiCarlo yeah. role or whatever. Right. Then yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. we're going with like the most famous person we can find. So everybody comes to see this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if you're just casting like talented people, cast the right talented person. Yeah. Like there's enough talented people in the world. So I think mm-hmm. that's kind of, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah obviously. Same with, same with the, the Raya movie. It's yeah. Like, those, obviously those names you, you listed fell were like short, stars. but like, why did you fall short? Because it doesn't actually seem like, it's one thing if you really tried and you still, you mm-hmm. know, some people had just took issue with the way in which you tried, but for it to seem like, okay, I don't really think they actually tried. Exactly. They in didn't this, think about it. They just right. didn't think about it. But but to your point, Amanda, and I guess we could, but it's just like, as we move forward, because that is also another argument, like with, with Asian stuff. And um, it's just, I guess like, it's like, what, yeah, like representation, like, are we going to get granular every time, you know, mm-hmm. like how granular are we going to get what's a win and what's not a win and all that stuff. And like, I've definitely heard things about Ryan. I've seen conversations and stuff, but I guess when it's time. Yeah. Like when it's like actually the center of it is, you know, people. Yeah. And the, well, the background of it, I think, is that we're not at a place yet where critique does not mean cancellation or that it has no value. Exactly. That's why mm-hmm. those things become such and, an issue is that like, I think there are lots of Asian Americans, Southeast Asian Americans who pointed that out and are like, it's still cool. Like, I think you should exactly. still watch the movie, yeah. but it's, it's worth noting that, you know, next time people could consider this. And like, let's hope that as there is a next time and there are more of these projects that we can have, you know, a wider scope of representation. Mm -hmm. So it's not just like, oh, that one Asian movie kind of got it wrong. It's like, Mm -hmm. hopefully there can be, you know, 50 movies with all of these like diverse casts and telling these diverse stories and inclusion and all of this so that it's not like, oh, we kind of messed up the one opportunity to tell a story like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect place to end. I can't. I'm so glad I, we didn't say Joe Biden one time. We didn't say Senate Joe one Biden. time. Say Trump. <laughs> we didn't say Trump. But we did say if you were an agent and you're looking for please. some Dominican projects, please. Please. <laughs> the people are listening. The people we, are listening. People we're also, are listening. Uh, we're also if, you, if you need to hire Caitlin for some writing, I think we just, uh, I think this weekend I might do a host spotlight on the sub stories. Now that you've unlocked your Twitter and I feel like I can, you're, you're ready for the exposure. <laughs> oh yeah. We'll do that. My we'll Twitter's do unlocked and ready and locked and loaded. So if you're looking her. for, if you're looking for a podcast host, I'm too busy. Ask someone ah! else. <laughs> busy doing pop alarm every morning. Follow on Spotify. <laughs> but if you're listening yeah. to a uh, here, listener if you're looking for somebody to listen to put like lawsuits, if you want if you want very amateur legal analysis we got it for, for <laughs> thank you guys so so much for this awesome conversation until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm Millie tamaris and i'm dylan hafer and this is the betcha sub podcast the betcha sub podcast is produced by amanda duberman jorge morales pico and sean kilby editing by jorge morales pico social media by amanda duberman be sure to follow at betches underscore sup on instagram twitter and tiktok and send us your emails to suppod at betches.com betches